0: Robert says, the tapes are precious. Welcome to The Fizzle Show. Whoa, thanks Smeagol, aka Sean Kelly. This is The Fizzle Show. Too many interesting small businesses fail because the founders, though they had a great idea, they didn't understand the basics of sustainable, independent business. So we fill in those gaps. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about entrepreneurship, building a thriving audience, and the battle of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. Your hosts are, if we were uh, types of cheeses, Corbett would be extra mature Wensleydale. That sounds so Corbett. It takes time for it to reach maturity, but when it does, it makes your life awesome. Barrett. It'd be Parmesan cheese. You can sprinkle a little bit of it on anything. And it makes what you have a lot better. And Chase, that's me, would be cheese in a can. You know it's full of shit, but you love it anyway and always wish you could have more. Wow. Just, I mean, I don't know if I should thank you or... I guess I'll... Thanks, Lucas? This is the fifth in our six-part Small Business Roadmap series. Every day for six days, we're releasing a conversation about a brand new roadmap we're developing for indie entrepreneurs. Now, in stage five of the Small Business Roadmap, it's time to get into the nitty gritty. Can this business idea of yours actually make enough money to support you in a meaningful way? This is a stage that most of us are not well prepared for, typically diving in without any knowledge of the metrics, the movements, or the models. And that's what we break down for you into seven steps in this conversation. Taking you from, I made a dollar, to your freedom number, which we explain in a little bit. This money step is where the checks, balances, and bounces prove your idea has hard enough to live on its own or if it needs some more tweaking. P.S. If you're not already, subscribe to the show in iTunes so you can get the next episode like a direct deposit of wisdom into your brain account. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 104. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps, so let's get into it. Never know. Never know. I love you so. You'll never, 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 never know. But why
1: I love you, you never never know. know. You're trying
0: to know, but you can't.
1: Why do you try to know? But everybody, you
0: just got no. Okay, so we're back
1: with. with,
0: And we're back! Back with another one of them block dropping beats. Yep. And this is going to be the fifth installment in our sixth installment series on the roadmap. Now, these are stages that businesses tend to go through or things that, whether you do it uh, from one to two to three to four to five to six, or whether you go one, five, three, nine or day. But like we said in the last episode, they're not necessarily things that every business goes through. These are the, this is the way that we, after working with, you know, thousands of fizzlers, doing a lot of like coaching uh, and stuff like that, like consulting with other businesses, creating our own businesses, having all these close friends that have put together businesses and watched their journeys. This is the stages as we see them, and yeah. we're really interested in hearing where are you. Does this resonate? Yep. Do you? Does this feel like a plan that makes sense to you? Yeah. Where are you confused? What is, if, if you're in stage two? What What does it feel like to you? I think a lot of people weirdly like would never say like i'm in stage two that nobody nobody makes connection a stage for their business right. until they read like some like the personal brand of you book you know and then you got to go like have you uh, made a business card and uh, went to a mingling event right which is not what we're about so in this in in, in this one yep. we're going to talk about money money
2: money money money, money.
0: That was My good. goodness, we were in every key and it still sounded awesome. I know, we got
1: a little B-dog in there. Holy goodness. Uh, man.
0: That was killer. Yeah, yeah. put a mark, marker mark on that, that one. <laughs> mark that. Don't forget about that yeah. one. I, I mean, am not forgetting about that
2: one. Money, 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 money. 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 So uh, just to bring the listeners back up to speed, we are talking about the Fizzle roadmap and this is something that we're working towards. You're sort of seeing
0: inside the future of Fizzle. We're building a roadmap for Fizzle members to take them through. In the future, police officers are robots, and there's a really easy path to follow to start up a small business. (laughs) Exactly. That's (laughs) If I had to sum up the future,
2: that's what I imagine it would be. Money! So uh, we've gone through the first four stages, which were clarity, connection, planning, and building. And when we left off in stage four... (laughs) On... Previously on 24. Previously on
0: Homeland. <laughs> what do you mean I got to get an MVP? <laughs> Chloe, I need an MBA download on my PDA now!
2: <laughs> we, uh, when we left you at the end of stage four, we had just built a minimum viable audience and a minimum viable product, and we just smashed those two things together. So now stage five is all about... My- Basically, we are like a large hidden Collider for business ideas. Exactly, and uh, the 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 outcome of stage five is that uh, you are going to earn your first customers, and then you're going to grow revenue enough to support yourself. Grow, so,
0: hold on, you get say that again. First customers and
2: grow. You're going to earn your first customers. Basically, we're taking you from I made a dollar
1: to freedom number. Your freedom number, which is Barrett, your freedom number is the amount of money you need. To make a full-time living from your business,
2: yeah, it's not um f- you money in the traditional sense, where you get Hey-o. to do whatever the hell you want. But it's like a it's like a f- you money light.
3: Okay,
2: <laughs> she does that. We're very fond of, of Miss Lebowski. Ms. Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can't see it. It's no, all you can't teeth. see it. It doesn't <laughs> sound like it. Um It's it's a it's a version of an amount of money that gives you freedom from being able to hold the job um or having to and um enough that you're able to support yourself in the lifestyle that you want so a freedom number is different for everybody
0: yeah and some people don't have it at all some people are like listen i'm gonna fill around with this blog thing see what i can come up with and you know in a a couple years might be really surprised and and now it's an actual like well i have to have a question now because this would be really cool to do for a living yeah yeah yeah
2: you could be doing this just for you know whatever and giggles as they say yeah um but we are talking about building businesses here and businesses have a goal
0: of yep. earning enough profit to though, support. No, I, I mean, the reason why I say that is because everything that I've ever done has started as like, well, what's going to happen with this? You know, cause it's like, it's like, a, yeah. uh, uh, what am I going to do in my spare time? I could, uh, this is back before Net- Netflix. <laughs> right? right. We would like make music or create websites or right. try stuff out. And, and it was like my version of putting together pu- puzzles or playing card games. Yeah. And so, uh, and then they turned into things. Yep. The design turned into a career.
2: So, uh, freedom number again, if let's say, uh, you just had a baby and you're at home with a kid and you're thinking, I don't want to go back to work. If only I could earn 1500 bucks a month, that'd be enough because if you'd subtract daycare or whatever. So your freedom number in that case might be 1500 bucks a month. Great. You know, um, other people might say, well, I'm a highly paid consultant right now and I make $15,000 a month. And if I don't make two thirds of that, then this isn't a success.
0: So yeah. they might
2: have a higher freedom number. That's fine. You define it however you want. Um, the goal here is to get you to that point so that you don't have to look for a job again or, or and by whatever.
0: the way, when you get to your freedom number, terrorists lose yes. everywhere. So yep. it it's really not just for you. They, they hit us for our freedom. It's, it's for, it's for all of us. Yeah. So, you guys ready to rock on this? I I'm, uh-huh. I, I wasn't, I of course i am ready for rocking. All right. How many steps many. are there? There are six. How many, not many steps are there? How, How many, many steps, steps are there? Are there? <laughs> Hey, all right, step one. look at that you put a little food in our belly and,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, we good dance
0: <laughs> We definitely
2: need to meerkat that yeah. uh, so God. uh step one is now, just to remind you, in the last stage, you just built your minimum viable audience, your minimum viable product, and then you hadron collided them together mm-hmm. and now we're about to see what happened from that, okay, so stage five is all about the money, so the first step is that you're going to gather and analyze customer feedback and sales data. So you're basically going to dive into, okay, we just smashed these things together, now what happened? Yeah. And try to figure out what happened. And... Um, Customer feedback, um, there's a lot of different ways to collect that. We talked about surveys in an entire episode recently. That's mm-hmm. one way to do it. Um, if you're selling an MVP, a lot of times you're able to actually talk with each customer one-on-one. In fact, I remember uh, Chris Gillibo used to do this. For the first few years or so, he released a number of different um ebook products. And every time he made a sale, he would write the person directly and say, Hey, thank you so much for buying this. Um, if you have any questions, just email me. And you get some incredible feedback from people about that, right? So the goal here is to start to dive into when somebody buys your thing or if they don't buy your thing, um, you want to start to get a picture of, okay, why are people um, buying this thing? Why are they not? And, um, you can do that from direct customer feedback. You could do that from surveys. You can also, to some degree, that do that from sales data by looking at how many
0: sales did we make? Where are they coming from? Where are
2: they coming from? Where did, where does it seem like this process broke down? Did they actually click on the, the checkout page or were they just on the sales page and they never got so there? So are you
0: hearing this, people? Like this is, um, you've released, you've launched your, your MVP. Right, and now a lot of a lot of products out there are just about the launch. It's pretty interesting to me how many are like here, you know, like the the product launch formula, or how many products out there are just about launching a product. You know, right? Like, how to put together an email funnel and a thing like that, yep. and all this other stuff, which is like it's okay, fine. Um, I, that's never appealed to me because I've never once bought a thing like that, and so it just seems like a strange. Well, but regardless, I mean, everybody launches stuff. For Fizzle, so, we had a pretty we detailed have,
2: launch yeah, we strategy. Have, it wasn't yeah. like watch this video and next week come back for this one. It and was, Caleb
0: put together. a great course on launching exactly. so there's there's things to take to, to know about in that yep. so so and you do the work you get that out and then now what happened now this is a whole other stage of like hey what happened yeah <laughs> where it's like okay let's analyze because you're not done now you see that's just the beginning of a of a of another phase exactly you know what i mean right exactly
2: yep so you're analyzing customer feedback and sales data um, trying to de- decide what to do next, right? Because an MVP is, you know, again, you're trying to prove a hypothesis. You're putting a stake in the ground and you, you need to say, okay, is this in the right direction or do I need to change direction? Um, and move forward. Now, the next step that I recommend, step two in this stage is to define and implement metrics that matter to you and your business. Um, so that you know how you're doing because what you're going to do here is you're gathering and analyzing customer, uh, feedback and sales data. Now, if you just started making changes right away, let's say you think, the product's good, but maybe the sales page wasn't good enough, right? So you decide to go about changing the sales page. Yeah. If you don't have your metrics defined, if you don't know like what the baseline is, then you don't know if you're making improvements over time. So the goal here is to start to say, um, what metrics matter to me? And it might be, maybe like the conversion rate of you know how many people see my sales page and how many actually buy. Yeah. Um, it could be the refund rate. There's all kinds of different things that you might want to be paying attention to. But you just need to define those and then implement those so you can measure them. Mm. And um, this can get a little tricky depending on how you want to do it. Um, but uh, Google Analytics does a good job of at least helping you set up goals yeah. and kind of measure you know how often those goals are happening. You can set up conversion funnels within Google Analytics and just kind of get a picture of What's going on in your business? What's mm. the instrumentation you need? It's sort of like setting up your gas gauge and your speedometer so that you know if the ship is headed in the right direction. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah.
1: totally. You guys I mean, it that?
0: sounds like it's like it sounds like there's a lot to do there that I'm not. I don't really know where to jump in, but this isn't a, a, an instruction well, manual on that. Right. This is like we're talking about the stages, and once you're there, you probably have a lot of questions. That just hearing what you said there would be like, yeah, okay, so that's right. I mean, what can I do with Google Analytics to learn more about what's working and what isn't? Well, yeah. at the
1: most basic level, it's really hard to improve in your business if you don't know the baseline for, for how you're performing right now. And yep. so this gives you just, at, at its most basic level, it's just a spreadsheet where you have numbers each month and you want to improve the ones that matter basically over yeah. time. So,
2: yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, really what's going to happen now is you're going to be changing a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. to see what has yeah. the impact that you're looking for. And you just need to know if the impact was positive or not, right. instead of just throwing darts at a board and, and not being able to see what the darts are hitting. Exactly. Um, for us, you know, within Fizzle, we have, um, we use a dashboard, a metrics dashboard um, called Gecko board. And this might be a little more advanced than generally people would need. Um, but uh, it's helpful for us because we have things like yeah. what's our customer churn rate, what's our trial conversion rate, all these different things that matter to us. And we know that mm-hmm. these are the numbers that if we're able to impact, then our business will be trending in the right direction. Right. Um, for others, uh, like I said, Google Analytics, another good one, if you're using Stripe for payment processing um, and you have a uh, subscription-based business, there's this product called Bear Metrics, which is really great. It just plugs in and mines all your data and tells you how you're doing, what your churn rate is, all that kind of stuff. Um, so you know, look around out there and see if there's yeah. something that kind of fits mm-hmm. where you're at. Um, if you're a service provider, a metric might be uh, how often are you getting referrals from existing customers. Yep. You know, so just just lay out your business and think about what's important to you and what you should be measuring and what you should be trying to influence. So,
0: what is the what when is that stage done? Like, or that, or that Once stack. you've
2: defined like the key metrics that matter to you, yeah. um, I'd say if you, I would say to aim for three to five metrics that really matter to your business. Yeah, and you
0: really don't need much. Like it normally yeah. is like, like two of those are going to be super strong. And really, I remember hearing from someone that i liked. like can't remember who was talking about like, just pick one. Like, what's your one metric? Is it churn or is it uh, engagement with the, with the product over the first uh, three weeks of it or it, like, what? what is it, it end up being? And so if you're just selling books then it's probably sales, you know what I mean? Or, and then, then those, that metric changes from stage to stage in some ways. Right. So it might be like, okay, first of all, we're going to focus on conversion on the landing page. Yep. Right. Then, because you don't, you don't, you don't fiddle with that for forever. Right. You know, you, you just kind of, you, you run a handful of tests over the course of a couple of months. And now you know a lot more than you did before. Right? Yeah, it's you know? good
1: to track a number of them, but then to have yeah, you're one always that you're Trying everything. to improve. Yeah, and so I think you know, no, it never ends. Uh, it becomes part of your workflow almost. Where mm-hmm. Monthly, you kind of fill in the gaps on what are the numbers for the month. Take yeah. a look at them. If you're trying to improve anything about your business. Pick the one metric you want to work on right now, uh, and move from there or whatever. But at the earliest stage, you're just picking which ones and having a place where you track them regularly. Yep.
2: Yeah. Exactly. All right. Now, um, the next step, uh, applies only to certain kinds of businesses. But at this stage, imagine we have conceptualized our business. We built our audience. We built our product. We launched it and we have some feedback and we have some metrics. At this stage, it will make sense for some businesses to raise money Hmm. because now you have enough to go to an investor and say, you know, we had a hypothesis. We tested it here's what we think the answer is. We need um, you know X dollars in order to build out this vision to really fully prove it, and um, you can try to raise money at that point yeah. with a little bit more than just a story. Now, in Fizzle, there's not a whole lot of businesses that are raising money um, at this point. There may be in the future. But just think about it. If if you're at that stage, it might be the right time. And really, this step for me is to decide, am I bootstrapping or am I raising mm-hmm. money? And um, the The goal of getting to this point where you're able to support yourself um, something that uh, the startup world calls ramen profitable, the benefit of doing that is that then you're not beholden to investors. Because when you're in a position where the company can't operate unless you have an infusion of cash, that gets to be a, a pretty tricky spot. Um, I know that Barrett's experienced that before, and I've experienced that before. So it's much better to have enough. Profitability. And I've read a lot
0: of interesting stories about it, right? So, you know, I just think those stories are terrific.
2: This has fantastic. valid
1: experience as well, Corbett. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> I wasn't trying to call you out.
2: Um, but you know, so so Fizzle members, there there may not be too many who are traditionally seeking like you know bank or venture financing, but there are probably a lot of people who are. Um, asking you know friends and family or something for a little bit of cash to support their vision or whatever. So at this point, I want you to decide, should I should I be aiming for bootstrapping? Do I see a clear path to bootstrapping? or do I want to raise money? In either case, your answer still needs to be, I have to work towards profitability because it just yeah. buys you so much. Um, but if at this stage you decide to raise money, then um, there's a whole path you need to go down to put mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. enough information. Now, which
0: which of the ten archetypes, if you can remember them, Barrett, do you think would be more prone to to really have a lot of benefit from raising capital? Because so, I think of like the mediapreneur or the infopreneur type, right? The teacher. Yep. I'm selling a book. Like I don't need a. I don't need no, much. I'm probably, already. I sell one. I'm profitable. In
1: that kind of business, it's probably an excuse to avoid things that you should be doing right. already yeah. um, totally. but I think uh, with many like SaaS companies so uh, I don't remember what we called that one um, so just the developers, software developers, software yeah, yeah, engineer or, general, or whatever yeah. Uh, yeah those can often require money so that you have a big enough team to actually build the product right um, but even though sometimes one man will just kind of Take it to a point where it can be tested, right? And then they'll kind of get it out there and get it in front of some customers to show that it's got some legs underneath it. And yeah,
2: one
0: woman
1: could take it even farther than that. That's right. That's right, one man and, or woman. And
2: there are different reasons to raise money. Um, so one is, you know, in, in this case, I, I think we're talking about: do you need money to to build enough to actually get right. customers with? Right. And maybe if you're producing something. Um, Something physical, yep. you know, you're going to need some money to produce that thing before you ship yeah. it. And raising money doesn't have to be necessarily just VCs or banks. It could also be Kickstarter. Yep. yep. Right. You could be looking to raise money um, from your potential customers right. by pre-selling right. in a way. Yep. And you can pre-sell through Kickstarter. You could also pre-sell your MVP. You know, you mm. could have said, Hey, sign up for this thing. It's going to be 500 bucks. It'll, it'll drop on April 1st. And then you have a couple of months to work on it. Right. That's one way to do it to pre finance. Yeah. Pre-finance yeah it, so right? I'd
1: say if I had to pick, I think there's probably four main ones: the engineer who builds SaaS products, um, the maker who makes their own physical products. They might need, you know, inventory or equipment or something like that. But we call it the marketer, which is someone who uh, sells someone else's physical goods. Mm-hmm. So you've got like an e-commerce store where you have inventory. Or a retailer where you have like a physical location of some kind. Yeah. You actually have to have capital to build right. that. And
2: or like, a cafe or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um in a way, if you think about it, an author I guess is sort of raising money because they're looking for an advance, right? right? That's true. So yeah, they get funding so, so that. that they can yeah. go and write their yeah. book basically. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we don't okay, have to that spend switch, too much. That's step what? That's step three, and that's to decide if you're going to bootstrap or raise money. And part of it's just to um, get this out of your mind, so that you're not dwelling on it or kind of like And just to, to
0: to raise the question, so that as you realize the challenges that you have, like as you, you like run into your next challenge, mm-hmm. you go like, oh, okay. So if I had raised money, I could throw some of that at this problem, right? And and afford to do that. To me, the money question is a lot about like. I need to grow this quick. Right, yep, money right. is about time. Yeah, like how, right. how You can do this. You can get to, uh, you know, your five thousand dollars a month in revenue if you allow, if it if it's okay that it takes you three or four right. years to do the, it. Uh, it. It 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 could be really sped up if you take investment and spend a bunch of money to get way more customers through marketing yeah. or advertising. Right. Or some kind. Now,
2: of course, the the other thing to pay attention to here, or another way to decide what kind of financing you should raise, is the potential ceiling for your business. So Mm -hmm. venture capitalists are only going to talk to you if you think you have a hundred million dollar plus opportunity.
0: Let's not go go all the way down into this, this
1: hole. So uh, there's a post over on the Sparkline that I wrote. Uh, It's called 10 questions to ask yourself before raising money to fund your business. And it's probably a good place to start if you're thinking about this.
2: Absolutely. Okay, cool. All right. uh, So we are on to step four and step four now is okay. We've gathered the uh, customer feedback we've implemented and defined. And now we're measuring our metrics now we have to decide what are we going to actually do to our product based on the launch results. And so you have to decide um and in some cases it's going to be a comp- uh, uh combination of these things. But you're going to either adapt or iterate or complement your product or service to to get you closer to your revenue goals. Yep. So that means either we think Okay, our existing product was pretty good, but it's missing this feature or something. And so and
0: remember, like they, that, their existing product could very well be like a total MVP, like toothpicks, Taped together, right you know, saying like this is what the building's going to look like, yeah, you know, um and so that w- hopefully you're looking at the sales or or the the equivalent version of that being like, here's how many people have opted in for information on it and where they're coming from, or something like that, but so now you're talking about maybe building your product for the first time, but but it sounds like you're mostly talking about this is really. You've already got a product out at this point. You've yeah, taken your like, MVP and you've updated it. Right. right.
1: Or imagine you just have a little ebook, like a 50 page ebook that you're selling for $29. Maybe you've found that it's valuable enough, it could be blown up into a full blown course. Right. And it can be sold for $150. And so that's yep. one way to. Exactly. So that this.
2: so that to me is um, you know uh, iterating on right. on your product exactly. and um, and growing your revenue that right. way. Um, another thing, though, maybe that you decide, okay, you know that did fine, that ebook did fine, but I really need to complement that with some coaching or something. Mm. You know what I mean? So you're layering on some additional revenue streams right. in hopes that that's going to get you closer right. to your mark.
1: So your options are kind of go lateral and serve, solve a different problem with a new product, maybe or go vertical and try and get more what you'd call wallet share, basically from the same customers. And maybe you upsell a couple of the people who bought the baseline product with coaching or something more expensive like that. So you're growing your wallet share with a customer as opposed to going wider and serving serving or selling different things. I tend issues. not
0: to share my wallet,
1: though. I mean, oh, I yeah? just,
0: like, It's mine. I know where everything is. And I just,
1: well, what you don't know is that I take things from you Well, And that,
0: that's fine if you take, but I'm not going to share. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's just a subtle difference. But yep. It's important to me.
2: So, you know, we shouldn't gloss over this stage too much because yeah. this this is the wasteland of businesses. Yeah. This is where businesses go to die in most this cases.
0: Specifically, being what to do this, with your product given that information. And just this
2: stage in general. Like, so we've talked a lot about um, this idea of just get something out there and make your first dollar, break yep. the seal on earning a dollar. Well, getting from $1 to $100,000 in a year yeah. or whatever your goal is that is like a monumental yep. task and very few businesses get that mm-hmm. far and they mostly kind of just wallow in this stage of trying to figure out how do i adapt my product and make it compelling enough to um to get as many sales as i want and there are basically two things you can be doing now so uh step uh 4 is what we're on we're talking about adapting or iterating your existing product or service or complementing it in some way um step 5 is to grow your audience just like in in stage four, we were talking about yeah. you know the audience, the minimum viable audience, minimum viable right. product. Those go together. Well, it may be that you feel like your MVP launch was pretty good, and maybe the MVP is good enough as it is, and you just need to get more people right. to see it and to buy it. Right, yeah. and that's a big question we always have about Fizzle. You know, how, how much is it about the product versus marketing? And this is yeah. this dance. What that you're do we need do. to
0: improve more?
2: You're going to do this dance in your business. Forever,
0: yeah. Because you're always going to want the product to be better, so that then you can afford spending more people to sending more spending to send more people to your thing. But then you're like, okay, so let's just get it better to do that. But the truth is, you're never really feeling quite all the way confident in what you got, right? You know, it's like, oh, then there's just one thing, it's one more thing I want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, that
1: just is that's what it means to run a business, basically. I mean, you're at this stage, you've kind of established that you have a business, you're selling a thing, and now you're in it. You know, you're in the middle of it. And this is the part where you just Making have to... compromises just like the rest of us. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
2: um, we've gotten through step five, uh, grow your audience. And um, there's kind of two more steps. I, okay. I think I said six, but yeah. really seven. So the next step is simply rinse and repeat, essentially. You are trying to grow your revenue to support yourself. And you're going back to the drawing board to say, what are my metrics? How are they looking? Does that mean that I need more people in the door, or do I need to change my product, or do I need to create um, some uh, complements to this product? Right. Mm-hmm. And it, basically, you're just rinsing and repeating over and over again, and trying to make a little bit more progress over and over. And when we think about our friends who are infopreneurs um, and the way they got started, a lot of times that's how it happened. You know, it's like, yeah. man, I implemented an ebook, okay did pretty well but i think if i had done this other ebook on this other topic right. and so then you kind of layer on where i have an ebook now i do a little coaching now maybe i'm getting paid to do some speaking right. and you kind of layer these things on and to me you're not pivoting it's not that you're changing who your audience is or the problems you're trying to solve you're just figuring out what's the most comprehensive package i can offer to to solve these problems in in a way for people that yeah. allows me to earn enough money to support myself right, totally. right. So um, you know, and if you just think about like with Father Apprentice or whatever, like you would have had a compliment probably of different products yeah. and services. Yep. Um and the same was true for us, you know. Yeah, back, oh, yeah. yeah keep back back before Fizzle, I ended up with I had um my first course was called affiliate marketing for beginners, then I had uh start a blog that matters, I had something called traffic school, I did some coaching, I did some strategic consulting, and all of that stuff together got me to a place where I was able to not only support myself, but also to hire some other people to help me yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, you know, this is, this is the work. Like you right. said, you're in the company now and you're doing the work. Yeah. Okay. So we're almost to the end of the stage. It's, it's pretty clear when you or pretty simple when you lay it out, not easy, but simple to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Now the end of this stage is to either pivot or persevere. So you're doing this work, you're working on your product, you're complementing it, you're building your audience at the same time, you're putting these two things together over and over again to see if you can solve the problems well enough to earn enough money. And at the end of the day, you have to decide, is this working? Yeah. Do I see a future in this? Right. Or do I need to pivot and kind of go back to the drawing board, back to probably the planning stage and kind of rejigger my business plan, my business archetype, Maybe rejigger the people that I'm helping or the problem that I'm solving. Right. And at the end of stage five, you know, we're going to see some people who feel like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm earning enough money, and I'm ready to move on to stage six, which is scaling my business. We're going to see a lot of other people hit a brick wall and go, damn it! Like, I'm, I'm, I I missed a mark on this. I didn't. My hypothesis wasn't exactly correct. Yeah. And now I just have to go back. And And that's
0: why. That's why the the value on on you know getting. Doing that, that two, three weeks of clarity and planning up front and having, and understanding that it's just putting together a hypothesis. Yep. Because it, it is not true. Yep. Not true until you get through this money stage. And at the end of pivot or persevere, your very last step there, you get to say, I'm going to persevere. Like you, you know that like I've got enough of a graph going in the right direction. I feel good about this. This is a nice mm-hmm. fit for me. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of, I, I'm, I know it's valuable. I'm making money. Yep. So that's what, Is it a good business idea? Don't ask your friend that at a cafe. Wait. The only real answer to that is you get through this stage and you go like, it is. It turns out, ding, 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 I won the lottery. Money! And I have a decent business idea and I can keep growing this. And and it's worth worth putting in more effort to do it. Because you can tell by that point that everything in the whole world, the thing you're most excited about, as soon as you start needing to get paid for it, it will become like a job right. to you. You know what I mean? And like the the old adage about, you know, I don't have a job. I don't have a boss. We don't have a boss here at Fizzle. We work for ourselves. No, we have, uh, what is it? 1,700 bosses, however many mm. members we have right, <laughs> right. now. We have more bosses than you know about and that that doesn't even count the podcast audience and the blog audience these yeah. are the people that There's we work bosses. for we yeah. work for these we work people for we are singing for our supper yeah. every freaking friday fizzle friday literally every tuesday you know sometimes we really are literally singing you guys um but yeah. but the the that's that's what i want you to understand it's like is this a good business idea yeah. is this a good business name is it what do you think about my landing page if, if it gets through that thing, that's when you know that it is. Or not. And, and the, how do you get between here or there? You All of these little tests. Yeah. What it, What's my metric? Okay, how do I improve that? Um, like you were learning about growth hacking. Growth hacking is I have 25 tests to run, hypotheses of things that can help. Like not like 25 different headlines. Like Like, yeah, you have 25 headlines to test. And all these other things to test yep. as well, you have a huge list, and you get to you get to pretend that it's fun right. for you to, to you get to make it fun you get to you have to try to understand that that's a fun thing, you yeah know what I mean, so when you get
2: to this stage, I think there's this temptation to feel like if I get stuck against the wall here that it's all my fault and i'm and I'm just not cut out to be an entrepreneur um or you know I was so dumb for thinking this could work out or whatever. The truth is none of us know if these ideas are going to work or not. Yeah. And that's why, like you're saying, you have to talk to your customers and you have to put something out there. You can ask the most seasoned veteran entrepreneur, yeah. you could have an ear to Mark Cuban or whoever, and he's not going to know. Nope. Even though he's been through the, the business process hundreds of times, um, the only way to know is by putting something out there. So if you get to the end of this stage and you're like, oh man, should I keep going or do I have to go back to the drawing board? Resist the urge to feel like it's all your fault because chances are um, you chose a market or a problem or you approached it in a way that just, it's not the right time for that thing or right. it's just not going to work. And yeah. it's it doesn't mean that you're going to fail as an entrepreneur. You learned so much already by getting to this stage. It's incredible, right? So now if you start thinking about if you're going to tweak things or if you're going to start over, you probably have a lot of ideas about right. what you would change next time. Yeah. yeah.
1: And there might not be that much to change. That's the other thing right. is that so- Like, think about A Bar Above, which is a a Fizzler-owned business. At first, they started out really going hard at professional bartenders. Mm -hmm. And then very quickly, they learned that, hey, maybe that's not as big or active of a market as we thought it would be. enthusiasts enthusiasts, seem to be drawn to this thing. Maybe we need to kind of pivot towards them and base the majority of our business on them and then have some other stuff for professionals if they end up finding us. And that was a pivot. I mean, it was different than the thesis they set out to prove or disprove, and so now they're they're doing quite well actually by going at enthusiasts instead of professionals. Yeah. Whole hog
0: because they learned they learned that the professional isn't really looking online, doesn't really want to buy right. something like that. That sort of is like they think that they're the professional, right. so they don't need to buy anything. These are the kinds of things that you only learn right when you start doing. And yeah, maybe you could you could talk. That's where like you know interviewing and talking to customers in the planning phase. Sometimes you have to you have. sometimes what they do is way more important than what they say, you yep. know what I mean, because they'll say like, "Yeah, I would love a course on that," and then you watch what their their behavior is, and they don't buy it, yep, right, So that's why doing smaller amounts of work to test it, even though they said, "I would totally love to buy a course on that, okay, put it out online, try to market to these people, right. see if they're if they're putting in their email address to just say like, "Yeah, let me know when it's up, really, none of them." Or very little, like that much traffic. and right. or, or or that many people you've targeted on Facebook and none of them are clicking the ad. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. You know what I mean?
2: Now, some people um, at this point listening to this might be like, wait a second, this seems like too simple, right? Okay, <laughs> basically they said, build an audience, build a product, put the two together, see how it worked, and then try to tweak things until it does work. Basically, mm-hmm. it's what we're saying. Right. Um, and yeah, that's it. Like yeah. the, the smartest people in business, um, one of our favorites, Paul Graham, he says... A business succeeds when you make something people want. Yeah, <laughs> That's it. Make something people want. Yeah. Um, and really, that's what you need to do. And if your business isn't working, chances are you made something that people... Uh, it's nice, but I don't really want it or I don't really yeah. need it. And so therefore
0: I'm not really willing to pay for it. And so And they're not and they don't even they won't even use those words. They don't have the presence no. of mind to say that. No. They'll say something like, Yeah, I just didn't have enough time to, exactly. to use that. You yep. know? And you have to decipher that, meaning right. to say that this is simply not compelling
2: enough to them. It's right. not urgently useful and yeah it's not one way i've heard it
1: phrased in the past is vitamins versus painkillers yeah and the idea that like vitamins are great they're proactive you take them ahead of time so that you know you're nourishing your body or whatever whereas a painkiller you chop a part of your finger off you need a painkiller right now <laughs> don't in I? order to like make what? that like, am i like right you am i wrong i don't know I, how would you chop you off ever, part of your finger did
0: you ever hurt your finger <laughs>
1: <laughs> i never really did uh so point being though um you want to make a painkiller in that it's essential to your customer yeah. base. Yeah. And you're going to know the feeling of that versus having made something that someone buys every once in a while just because, you know, they're making an impulse purchase or yeah. something.
2: Yeah. yeah, and not that vitamins can't be a good business, but right. But if you want a business that takes off, then build it around some urgent need. We always say, like, if you had the cure yeah. for cancer or if you yeah, have... Yeah,
0: but I also, I'm also just like, I mean, so much of... Uh, of the businesses that I love, I wouldn't say that like this is an urgent need for me. No, but if it fills an urgent need, it takes off like Slack, for example. There's
2: yeah. this obvious void in that space where but everybody, everybody's. But at like, the
0: same time, like we said before, like like HipChat was already already there. We there was there was you know Google Talk and Adium and like all of the IRCs and so things existed there. But for some reason, and I just still don't understand. There's a vacuum. It, they nailed the. They nailed yeah. some. Value. I guess HipChat was still so enterprise. And Slack maybe focused more on the designy y world, yeah, and went from the designers up. Well, or, instead or of Or look the, at it and, this way: like Uber, um, there are taxis,
2: but they suck balls in most cities. Yeah. Uh, and are we allowed to say that? <laughs> Did you? Hear? Chase was just like, should, is I, say <laughs> should I mark that one? I'm suck beeps. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> they suck beeps. Um, and so Uber filled this vacuum, and so it is a painkiller. I'm out. After being at a bar all night long, and every taxi is taken. Corbin has a bit and, of a problem. And my wife is very angry at me for not leaving earlier when she said we should leave because now we can't get a taxi. Well, that Uber in that case is a painkiller. So yeah. it's not that it has to be yep. um, evolutionary or what, or revolutionary. It can simply be filling a void in a market that's already being that served does in some
1: exist way. Already.
0: Yeah. And right. one of the things that I do want to my last bit on this is. Is, um, you know, a lot of the ideas, a lot of the people that we have, uh, that, that, I, that I'm friends with who have built great businesses, like businesses that I'm like sort of jealous of or just, that I'm just like proud of the work that they've yeah. done, you know, they didn't follow a roadmap. They didn't know what stage was next. They just, and, and a lot of them found themselves at a train that was moving faster than they even knew exactly what was going on. Like I'm thinking of Nerd Fitness specifically. Yeah, and just or Brett Kelly with Evernote Essentials. Evernote Essentials. Yeah. With Brett Kelly. Uh, a lot of the sometimes, I mean, I, and it, sometimes it just it just starts clicking, man. And you don't know why. You don't know what you did, but you you luck out. You and found you, a place that had a need. And other times, it's like a slow, long haul kind of thing. That that's that in five years is like this is significant. In ten years, it's like this is a company. You know, so there's two there's there's a bunch of different ways that this can happen. We're we're simply saying, like, based on all of the stories that we've heard, this is at least you might be someone who the thing just blows up. Right. Yeah.
1: And in the absence of that feeling of being on a rocket ship. This is what you do. You know, here's yeah. your next step. Basically, yeah. is what because you cannot guarantee a rocket ship. Right? No, it's you well. Cannot. They
2: call them unicorns in the yeah. startup world because they're so rare.
0: Yeah, and, and I guess I would. I would. I wouldn't call them a unicorn in, in our world. Maybe they. Maybe I would. But they' But what what I mean by that blowing up so quick? I mean, in the startup world, Nerd Fitness is tiny. You know what I mean? Or the, well, when, and he's been at it for six years. Yeah, or something, when so. and when he started doing it, and like the, the, the ramp that sounded like he was on a rocket. It was two ship. years in rocket ship. Of they, nothing. Yeah, they, they, were just, they would be like, "What do you mean rocket ship? Like, yeah. this is like what, you 10, But and people. so Steve,
2: you know, like you say, rocket ship. It he didn't have one to begin with. He yeah. had to tweak and adapt, and tweak and
0: adapt, and measure his metrics. And so and what learn. The, the, to me, the lesson learned about that is the expectations of wait, this isn't just taking care of itself. I thought this was going to be easier. Yep. You know what I mean, like so understanding that this phase of rinse repeat yep. through all of this stuff is an is an essential one mm-hmm. i i it would have changed the way I was looking at the beginning stages, mm-hmm. you know, it, would, it would change the way that i how I looked at a lot of stuff. I would look more with my lab coat and clipboard saying, okay, so tell me what you mean by yeah. I wish I had that right, you know oh, what I mean? oh,
1: that's interesting instead of I'm a bad person, I'm terrible at this, this yeah, sucks. yeah.
0: oh, that's interesting instead of like, oh, that's what I'm gonna make now." You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's interesting. Instead of like, I found the answer.
1: Right. You know, yeah.
0: which is what we all do. Yep. Anything else? That's it. You guys, I, I we have one more left. <sighs> that was just a weird It's accident. a crowd roaring. No, it was it was just halitosis.
1: <laughs>
0: <sighs> I've been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Barrett Brooks. <laughs> he's just delightful (laughs) you you guys are crazy so there you have it fizzleshow.co slash 104 is where you're going to find the show notes the graphic, the links all of those things from this episode what do you think? are you in this money stage? if so, what does it feel like? if you've been here before, what do you remember about it? do you want to be here? Confusing? Let us know in the comments there at fizzleshow.co slash 104. Lucas from the UK gave us a cheesy host read at the top of the episode. Here's the rest of his iTunes review. I can't get enough of this podcast. I've recently just signed up to Fizzle and it's just as awesome inside, too. Thank you so much for your review, Lucas. You know, our goal here, everyone, is to to help you make progress on your business every single week. And if you leave us an iTunes review, it can help other entrepreneurs find the show. So could you leave us one? Maybe write a host call out of your own and correct Lucas and tell him I'm much more of a Velveeta cheese kind of guy. Simply search for the show in iTunes and click write a review. You know, money is such a crazy thing. It's united us in, in, on this, around this planet in ways that no religion ever has and has always dreamt of. I mean, do you realize we are all just believing that a dollar is worth a dollar? Anyways, if you haven't figured out your freedom number yet, that's an interesting exercise to get into. Maybe talk it over with your spouse or partner or, or friend. It's kind of fun to do or certainly interesting. Freedom number. I can't tell if I love or hate that nomenclature. Feels like something that either Dick Cheney or Khalil Gibran named, and I can't tell which. (laughs) Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you in the next episode when we get into Stage 6 of the Roadmap.
3: Hi guys, this is Monique Mario of I just wanted to say thanks, and my favorite moment of the show is whenever Chase goes, welcome to The Fizzle Show.
1: Hey guys, my name is Emily Ann Peterson. I am a musician, singer-songwriter, and I have a side hustle of doing marketing freelance for some clients. I have so enjoyed listening to you guys over the past couple months since I found you, and I really want you to keep it up, and please know that every Friday it is a highlight to know that there is a new podcast with you guys on it. You make me smile, and I'm really um, happy to be part of what you guys are doing. Uh, keep it up and keep in touch.
3: Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Brendan Hufford. I have a podcast called the Entrepreneurs in Coffee Podcast. I'm a very new fizzler, but longtime podcast listener. And I just want to share with you guys for the big episode 100 that I have a strict no-fizzle policy at the gym because like Chase will do the guru voice out of nowhere. Or like when he started ranting about hacks. Hacks! Podcast hacks! Gym hacks! Uh, in the last episode... I, or if he calls somebody's beard like terroristy or something like that, actually, made, I fell out in the middle of the gym and couldn't breathe. I was just on the ground making dolphin sounds, like like I couldn't even breathe. Uh, luckily, nobody was around and I didn't crush myself with any of the weights. Um, anyways, so the best part of Fizzle for me is the fact that I can listen to it with my kid. Uh, I think you guys should start bleeping out more than just curse words just to keep us on our toes, but. The other day I'm in the car and my kid starts repeating the uh, introduction to the show, and I just want to share that with you. Say, hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. Ah,
0: ah, ah.
3: Say, Fizzle Show.
0: Fizzle Show.
3: Good job. Fizzle Show. Fizzle Show. You say, Podcast. Buzzcast! Yeah. So on that note, I've been Brendan Hufford. He's been Evan Hufford. And we love the Fizzle Show. God, I wish I had an awesome impersonation plan. I have nothing. I have nothing. Hey, Fizzle Show. This is John from Canberra, Australia. I run Left Foot Consulting at leftfoot.com.au. Big congratulations on the 100 shows. A perfect mix of giggles and honest online business advice. Keep up the good work, gents. Hi, uh, it's Lou here from Manchester Mummy Blog, and I just wanted to say hello. So, hello.